Welcome to The Ugly Game, a brand new football podcast covering the dark side of the world's most popular sport. From ritualistic killings committed by popular local players to highly publicized instances of murder and betrayal, we'll visit all four corners of the globe to explore soccer's seedy underbelly. Recognized by many as the beating heart of world football, Brazil is a country shaped by the sport. From the sands of Copacabana Beach to the outskirts of the Amazon rainforest, you're likely to come across locals with a genuine passion for the game. Prominent for producing such global superstars as Ronaldinho, Kaka, Neymar, and of course, arguably the greatest of all time, Pele. Brazil is a nation in which footballers become idols and are looked upon as much more than simply talented athletes. Mass immigration from around the world has cemented Brazil as a melting pot of cultures and ethnicities, with over 8.5 million square kilometers of land, boasting some of the world's most stunning locations. Despite the outstanding natural beauty, many factors have contributed to societal unrest over the last century, including mass poverty, a flawed criminal justice system, and government corruption on a grand scale. Recording the seventh highest crime rate of any country in the world, there are an especially high proportion of violent crimes, femicide in particular. Disturbing statistics have highlighted that more than 1,300 women were killed in domestic violence incidents during the year of 2019 alone. But regardless of these frequent tragedies, controversial legislation means no one can serve more than 30 years in prison. Many of the most gifted sports stars to emerge from the country are a product of difficult circumstances with football seen as an escape from the harsh realities of life in the slums and favelas. Despite being one of the most talented footballers to emerge from southeastern Brazil, the individual covered for today's episode committed his deplorable acts at the height of fame and wealth. Last year marked a decade since the introduction of the Maria de Pena law on domestic and family violence. Named after an activist and victim of domestic violence, the landmark law established special courts and stricter sentences for offenders, and offered more tools for prevention and support. While there was some improvement in cities in those 10 years, overall, lethal violence against women in Brazil increased by 24%. Raising concern that the law isn't being properly implemented, and that Brazil's police and justice system still aren't working for victims. Meet Bruno Souza, the perpetrator of a heinous crime, touted as one of the ugliest incidents in world football history. Born on the 23rd of December 1984 in the Brazilian state of Minas Gerais, Bruno Fernandes das Torres de Souza was known simply as Bruno or Bruno Souza to most. Like many poor Brazilian children, the youngster saw football as a way to escape a life of hardship and move away from the notorious favelas. 
growing to six feet two inches in height by his teenage years. Bruno was a natural in the goalkeeper position, and at 12 years of age, the prospect started out in the academy of local club Vendanova. Moving on to Tom Bentz and eventually Atletico Mineiro, he debuted for the popular local side in 2004, appearing in the first division on a consistent basis. Bruno appeared in 59 matches for Atletico Mineiro's senior team overall, though the promising youngster was already exhibiting some worrying signs off the pitch. Though emerging as a potential star of the future, Bruno spent a night in jail just as his career was taking off, after getting into a violent altercation with supporters of city rivals Cruzeiro FC. This recklessness continued, as early in 2006 he was detained for dangerous driving. Disregarding these red flags, transfer talks were held with Dutch side AZ Alkmaar for the keeper to move to the Netherlands though Sao Paulo side Corinthians eventually acquired his services later that year. Facing competition to be the team's undisputed number one, Bruno quickly became dissatisfied with playing time and was loaned out to Rio de Janeiro's national powerhouse club, Flamengo. Impressing immediately, the goalkeeper was soon appointed team captain for his new side, dazzling with his commanding displays and ability to play out from the back with both feet. Talks that he could be ready to play internationally would only gather pace as European clubs took notice of the goal-scoring keeper, and the 2014 World Cup squad was looking like a realistic aim. A physically strong stopper with an excellent record in penalty shootouts, much like the iconic Brazilian keeper, Rogério Saini. Bruno was a free-kick specialist, scoring several goals from direct set pieces during his time in the first division. Falta para o Flamengo. Joel autorizou. Bruno bateu. Bruno! Regardless of Bruno's settled club situation, controversy was never far away. The captain was once fined 20% of his wages, having been present in 2008 with two teammates when a prostitute was assaulted at a party. It was at one such party where Bruno would meet a woman who he would establish a relationship with, a relationship which would end in the darkest of tragedies. Elisa Samudio was a 25-year-old model who met Bruno at a barbecue party organized by his football club. Though the event was attended by a variety of glamorous women and local stars, Elisa would immediately catch his eye. First connecting in May of 2009, Bruno was married with two children at the time, but an affair soon began. The pair later slept together at the house of a fellow Flamengo player, and Eliza would fall pregnant as a result. According to Bruno, this happened during an orgy, therefore his paternity was in question. He initially planned on leaving his wife-to-be. However, when Elisa told him about the pregnancy, the footballer pushed her to consider an abortion, which she refused. 
continued signs that Bruno was dangerous and unhinged appeared during the course of Elisa's pregnancy. And on October 12, 2009, she reported to the police that she had been forcefully imprisoned by the keeper and two of his associates. She told police that they had beaten her, pointed a gun at her, and forced her to ingest abortion tablets. During the incident, Samudio claimed that Bruno himself had placed the pistol to her head and threatened her multiple times. In response, a type of restraining order was placed on the footballer, where it was stipulated that he had to remain at a minimum distance of 300 meters from her at all times. He released a statement at the time, suggesting that Eliza was simply a scorned lover, looking to make money from a successful and wealthy man. Despite informing authorities, the allegations of serious abuse were only pursued in June of 2010, at which point Eliza had already disappeared. For Bruno, 2009 ended with lifting the Brazilian championship after Flamengo mounted a comeback from the lower end of the table to win their first title in just under 20 years. The keeper had other reasons to celebrate, as the protection of Elisa was soon bizarrely rescinded by courts. She was only in what the Brazilian authorities classed as a casual relationship with Bruno. Therefore, the original order was overturned. During February 2010, she gave birth in the city of Sao Paulo to a child also named Bruno. However, Bruno Sr. refused to accept that he was the father, and Elisa later filed a lawsuit for recognition of paternity. A DNA test taken shortly afterwards proved that the baby was indeed the footballer's. Bruno is said to have been enraged by Elisa's willingness to go to authorities and in the process, damage his career. There were strong rumors that Bruno was on the radar of European superclub AC Milan around this time, who were searching for a new first choice goalkeeper. Bruno's growing infamy is said to have discouraged the Italian giants from signing him. Elisa arrived in Rio de Janeiro on the 4th of June at Bruno's request in order to come to a child support arrangement. A family court appearance had been scheduled for the 11th of June, and both parties were to discuss arrangements for maintenance payments. Bruno had told Elisa that she would receive a lump sum payment beforehand, but claimed the cash was at his house. He played his last match for Flamengo on the 5th of June, knowing that Elisa was due to be kidnapped by his associates. Records obtained by investigators support the fact that Bruno was on the phone to an accomplice just before entering the pitch for Flamengo. And on the 9th of June, Elisa Samudio was reported missing. It has been pieced together via court testimonies that Elisa was taken forcefully from a hotel in Rio on the 9th of June before she was brought to Bruno's isolated farmhouse in Minas Gerais. She was allegedly promised a large cash payment upon visiting Bruno's premises, though it is believed that an argument broke out and she was then driven to the footballer's mansion. At the time, Bruno was away playing for Flamengo, but he arrived the next evening. He later testified that Elisa had consented to return to the ranch. 
and Lisa and her son were kept until June the 10th, at which point she and the baby were taken to a house in the city of Belo Horizonte. It was here that her life would end. Asphyxiated with a tie, her screams were supposedly drowned out by blaring music, but her four-month-old son was present during the entire harrowing ordeal. She was allegedly buried on a small family farm close to a local airport, with Bruno's associates, including his ex-wife, Diana, attempting to hide the baby from police. Officers eventually discovered the child in a slum on the outskirts of the city. By June the 24th, police had received an anonymous call stating that Elisa was beat to death by Bruno and two friends on the farm. This anonymous call was soon found to be from a local bus driver, claiming that his 17-year-old nephew had participated in Elisa's murder. Throughout the following hours, this anonymous tip was verified by other witnesses, who confirmed that they saw Elisa and her baby son at the goalkeeper's farm. The 17-year-old participant was also confirmed to be Bruno's cousin. He would go on to tell investigators gory details of Elisa's fate. As he described at length the way in which she was tortured, strangled, and quartered, with her remains partially fed to Rottweiler dogs. Those pieces of her body that weren't consumed were buried under concrete, yet to be found to this very day. Police had the dogs in question put down so that they could examine the stomach contents, but never found any other remains. Shockingly, the man said to have strangled Elisa was himself a former police officer. Arrested on July the 8th, 2010, Bruno himself was charged with murder, kidnap, hiding a body, forming a criminal gang, and corrupting minors. Therefore, his contract with Flamengo was terminated immediately. Eventually, his criminal defense team even pulled out due to backlash from defending him. Bruno had handed himself in to Rio police on the 7th of July, though by then investigators had already obtained enough evidence to link him with the crime. Considering his World Cup dreams to be up in flames and facing the prospect of a lengthy jail sentence, he tried to end his own life while the trial was ongoing. Though at first the star denied having ordered Elisa's killing, he eventually broke down and admitted all. Prosecutors have charged Brazilian soccer player Bruno with ordering the murder of an ex-lover who allegedly was trying to prove he was the father of her young son. Bruno was the goalkeeper and captain of one of Brazil's most popular football teams, Flamengo, helping lead the team to a national championship last year. Bruno allegedly ordered the kidnapping and killing of 25-year-old Eliza Samudio. She's been missing since June and her body has yet to be found. Police say the player arranged for Samudio to be kidnapped in Rio de Janeiro and driven to a rural property that he owns. The trial of Bruno and his associates was due to begin on November 19, 2012, though it was postponed until March 2013. Evidence was damning, so a verdict was quickly reached. The goalkeeper was handed a sentence of 22 years, while his accomplices were all given between 15 and 22 years behind bars. 
you would perhaps expect a notorious murderer and celebrity to fare badly in jail, but for Bruno, it was quite the opposite. Treated well by inmates and guards alike, controversy ensued in 2014 when lower league football team Montez Claros announced that they had signed the player. This would require Bruno to transfer into a different local prison, a request which was denied by authorities. Unfortunately, the willingness of other clubs to show an interest in signing the disgraced footballer wouldn't stop there. Overlooking the seriousness of his crime, Bruno was never short of female company before, during, or after his time in prison. Throughout the court proceedings, he was dating local dentist Ingrid Cavalcanti, who he would later marry years later in 2016, while still in jail. Having served just six years and seven months in prison, Bruno's lawyers filed a petition of temporary release due to the slow proceedings of an appeal request. The petition was granted, and Bruno was released from jail immediately, pending a future appeal. First leaving prison on the 10th of March 2017, by the 14th he had already signed for the Brazilian second division club, Boa Esporti. The offer of a two-year contract for Bruno caused an uproar in Brazil. One of the club's main sponsors ended a deal with the local side, and protesters staged demonstrations outside of the ground. Pundits suggested the club was endorsing violence against women in the country by offering the convicted murderer an easy return to professional football. Though legally, nothing prevented Bruno from getting back into football, the morality of his involvement is extremely questionable. In an emotional magazine interview, Elisa Samudio's mother has stated that the court granted Bruno freedom while she can't even spend time with her deceased daughter. She also revealed that Bruno's son has panic attacks when he hears his father mentioned. The goalkeeper has repeatedly claimed that he still wants to reconnect with his child and ask for forgiveness, though this of course seems very unlikely. To this day, Bruno is still playing football on a semi-professional basis and regularly updates followers with his latest activities. He continues to happily pose with family, friends, and his pet pit bull dogs on social media, all while authorities continue the hopeless search for Eliza's remains. If you want to hear more tales of footballers and their crimes, subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice. And be sure to check out our previous episodes. Goodbye for now.